For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football podcast presented by Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That's Tony L I E B as in boy E R T. Um, for today's episode, I'll be analyzing the Gophers' dominant 41 to 14 victory over Northwestern. Um, I'll be di- discussing the defense and offensive line's continued success, where the running back room sits after Bryce Williams' injury, um, and why this team shouldn't care if they're ranked or not. Some instant takeaways from the Gophers' 41-14 victory in Evanston, Illinois. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is um, Bucko, Irvin, and Kai Thomas continue to impress. Um, the The ceiling's the limit for both of them, to be completely honest. Uh, there's no reason why they can't, slash honestly already are, um, two of the most elite running backs in the Big Ten Conference. Um, they show their insane potential every single game, and now they're showing consistency, both getting their second in a row back. So, like, the both ha- now having back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. Um, Bucko had 19 carries for 110 yards and two touchdowns, which is his most yards in a game throughout his short Gophers career. Um, he also added two catches for five yards. I'll get into that in a little bit, but I, I'm impressed with how involved both of these guys are getting in the passing game. Um, Kai Thomas had 21 carries for 106, which is a little bit short of his about 130 last week, but he also had a catch for 11 yards. Um, I've been very impressed, obviously, with, uh, how they have done in the running game. And more specifically, uh, they're very good at making the uh, the runs that look broken, the runs that look like they're going to be a one, one or two yard gain or a one or two yard loss and turning those into seven or eight yard runs. And I think that's what really separates the good running backs from the great running backs. And both these guys are very good at 
doing that, at extending those broken plays into double the amount of yardage. And I think that's what really makes them special. Um, they've also really impressed me in the passing game. Um, not just receiving out of the backfield. Uh, for two very young running backs, they've done a terrific job um, in, in the blitz of, blitz pickup department, in the pass blocking department. And I think that has a lot to do with coaching. So, again, I want to shout out the running backs coach, uh, Kenny Burns. Um, he He's done a terrific job developing both these players, and they're both playing like veteran running backs so early into their college career. And then, I, obviously, they something that Gophers running backs under P.J. Fleck has struggled, have struggled with is catching the ball out of the backfield. They haven't necessarily struggled with it, but they just haven't gotten involved in that department. And they're, uh, Bucko and Kai are starting to get involved in that department. They only have uh, had three catches today and only have five combined on the year. Um, but really anything is something. And uh, any work that they can get Bucko or Kai out in open field again. It's terrific for this team, I think, and terrific for the offense. And, man, it's just uh, not to sound cliche, but really the ceiling is the limit for both of them. Um, There's no reason why each of them can't be one of the best running backs in the Big Ten Conference. It's kind of just pick your poison, and it's really fun to watch. And I, I just hope it keep, keeps on going because they could, they could have a long and great college football career. And for a uh, program that's had uh, their fair share of dominant running back duos with Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber and more recently Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks, uh, I there's no reason why Bucko and Kai can't be in that same conversation, if not start a conversation of their own. So um, it's very fun to watch them, and uh, they're both hopefully going to have long Gophers careers. Um, I posed the question during the game uh, what their nickname should be. Everyone likes to uh, go with the Thunder and Lightning nickname when there's two good running backs, and I think that's a little boring. Um Got to be a little more creative than that. Um, the best reply I got, I think, was the it factor, which kind of cool because it's Irvin and Thomas, I-T. If, if you have any any other um, nickname, you can reach out to me, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you if I like it or not. But I think that was the best one I heard during the game. Um, my other big takeaway from this game was I think it was the best all-around performance from um, the wide receivers for the Gophers. Um, it was their first game with all their top, the, the top four guys 100% healthy, and I think it made a difference. Um, Crab only had two targets for one catch or 10 yards, and some might look at the box score and say, oh, how, how is this the best game when your number one receiver only has one catch and only has two targets? But uh, Tanner only completed 12 passes again for 134 yards. So the passing game wasn't asked to do as much as they have been. 
Uh, it, it was not the same game plan like it was against Nebraska. Uh, there, there was not more passing in this game. Um, Daniel Jackson looked terrific in his first game back. Uh, I, I shouldn't say terrific, but he looked healthy, which is good. He had five targets, one catch for 12 yards. Tanner clearly uh, has trust in him and wanted to target him a lot this game. Um, Mike Brown-Stevens continues to uh, be a serious weapon on offense. He had four catches for 63 yards. And over the last four games, he now has nine catches for 257, which is very impressive. Insane yards per catch. Um, and he's just a terrific deep ball threat for this team. And he continues to add that added wrinkle to this offense. And as only a sophomore, I I think he can uh, c- continue to carve out a big role and uh, ha- have his role and targets only grow throughout his Gophers career in the next year after the season. Uh, and Dalen Wright had his first catch since the Nebraska game, and he's been struggling to get involved since week one, uh, or not week one, but early in the season. So it's good to see him, even though it was just one catch, it's good to see him get back into the box score. Um, and then, again, sounded like a broken record, but the, the trenches continue to dominate. Um, I, I think it was the reason why this game was won. Uh, it, it was the same old story. It was just dominant performance on the defensive line, dominant performance on the offensive line. Um, as for the defense, uh, sophomore MJ Anderson had his first career sack. Um, it, and for a defense with a lot of veteran players and a defensive line specifically with a lot of veteran players, I think MJ Anderson has stood out as a player who could be the future of this group because um, Asezi, Boye, and Thomas Rush are all seniors. And uh, MJ Anderson's really the only underclassman that's getting a serious amount of run. And he has looked terrific while he's on the field. So um, I think it's fair to say that he's the future of this group. Whenever or if if those guys move on next year, I, I struggled to uh, find out how much... Uh, Eligibility everyone else left with the extra COVID year. It just confuses me, so I just gave up on trying. But uh, as, as for Boye, uh, he continues to play uh, very well. He, he had he added a sack on Saturday, which brings his total to six on the year, which is tied for 18th in the country. Um, it when he plays this well and really every week you can tell that he's going to be an NFL player um his explosiveness and size um it screams uh NFL caliber talent and i see uh he's going to be a day 2 NFL pick in my opinion he won't uh slip much much further past the 3rd round in the NFL draft, I think, and has, he has the chance to go higher because he's going to be one of those combine warrior guys, and uh, he'll put up huge numbers. And it, it's just fun to watch uh, these guys dominate. And players like Boye and uh, players on the offensive line, like Daniel Falele, it there's going to be a lot of guys drafted on this team. I'm telling you. But as for uh, this defense. Uh, Starting D-tackle, Trill Carter, uh, D'Angelo Trill Carter um, did not suit up 
um, due to injury, and they really didn't skip a beat. Um, it was so much depth up front. I kind of wasn't really expecting them to skip a beat, but uh, Trill Carter's been a dominant player all all season and a huge contributor contributor up front. Um, so it's impressive to uh, miss a guy who's done that much for her team and really uh, still play at the same high level. And as for the offensive side of the ball on the offensive line, it just it hasn't skipped a beat at all. Um, they, they just keep on chugging. Uh, they, they had a few inconsistencies early in the season against Miami, Ohio, and against Bowling Green. But I think they've really hit their stride, and they really haven't had a, played a bad stretch of football in a long time. Um, then my last big takeaway was uh, the play of true freshman cornerback uh, Justin Mauley. Um, he's just going to be a monster. He already is a monster. Um, behind uh, Kai Thomas and Bucky Irvin, he's the other very impressive uh, freshman on this team. Um, he had his first career touchdown on uh, scoop and score, uh, forced fumble by Mariano Sarimaran. Um, but turnovers are obviously sometimes being in the right place at the right time, and it doesn't really tell the situation of exactly how well someone's played. Um, but I, I think Wally might have had his best game of the year this week. Um, Northwestern obviously isn't anything special, but they had 98 total passing yards. Uh, 15 of which went to the running back, Evan Hull. Um, so the defensive backs as a whole played terrific. And when you don't hear someone's name at, at, at the cornerback position, that's usually a good thing. And no, you were not hearing uh, Wally's name on the broadcast because he was shutting his guy down. Um, he continues to only get better every single week. And... Um, I think he's the player on this defense that can take them from a great defense to an elite defense because the front seven and defensive lines playing at an elite level. Um, this was probably the best game from the secondary. Obviously, they were playing against a very porous uh, Northwestern passing attack and offense, but um, if, if they can play at this high level, really, uh, it the defense is one of the best in the conference, if not the be one of the best in the country. Um, if this team gets where they want to be and plays in the Big Ten Championship, uh, they will be meeting Ohio State, and the secondary is going to need to play well if they want any chance in that game. Um, um, but So if Wally continues to get better, it's just this defense is going to continue to get even, even better. The ceiling goes higher for this defense. Um, Coney Durr, the other cornerback, is a player who's been a terrific veteran leader throughout his Gophers career. Um, and he's shown uh, consistency in the back end at, at a cornerback position. I think he's more of a number two starting cornerback on a great defense. So if Wally can develop quickly into that number one level, and by the end of the year, if he's playing at a number one corner level, I, I think this defense is th – that'll be what takes this defense from good to great. I, I love Coney Durr, and he continues to play consistently. But when you can have a player that good as your number two corner, I, I think that's going to be what helps take this secondary to the next level. 
and they look terrific against uh, Northwestern, but obviously that's Northwestern. They were barely averaging 200 passing yards a game. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, but I continue to be very impressed with how Wally's playing. Um, as for the offense as a whole, it was a lot of the same old story. It was a lot of the running game. Um, Tanner Morgan um, was not asked to do much again. He was only 12-17 for 134 yards and a touchdown. Um, or not a touchdown, excuse me, an interception. But um, he continues to uh, just do his job. Uh, he's not forcing anything. Um, and he's running the game plan week to week. Uh, he also added three carries for 29 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, he had a great 18-yard touchdown, I believe it was. Uh, but... Tanner obviously uh, isn't the most athletic quarterback, and he's not a uh, true dual threat. I, I don't think I'm breaking any news on that take, but when uh, you can get 29 yards out of him, that kind of adds another wrinkle to this offense. Uh, it's another thing that they have to play for. He's tr he's definitely not a bad athlete, um, so when it, he can rip out a few runs like that, uh, Comparing him to an NFL quarterback like a, a Ryan Tannehill or Aaron Rodgers athletically, if he can get 10 to 15 yards a game, that, that just makes another thing that the defense has to play for. Um, and it, it makes this offense that much tougher to stop. Uh, but, yeah, the rushing offense was, again, what this team lead on, led on, it, it, it leaned on, excuse me, Um the uh, game by game game uh, game plan um, continues to just be the running attack. Northwestern's strength, if you can call it, was their pass defense heading into this game, and I don't know if that was uh, the plan to just barely pass the ball again. But it kind of has been all season. They they kind of look at their uh, teams they're playing and they're like, we can run the ball against this team. Uh, why won't we just run the ball? Our offensive line's terrific. Um, our running backs are playing at a high level. Why, why try to do something that's not working? Or why try to go away from something that is working? So uh, Tanner obviously has continued to not really been asked to do much, but he's not forcing anything. This te The team knows what their strength is, and they're using it. Um. It's obviously odd that your uh, veteran quarterback's only completing 12 passes a game, but he kind of honestly doesn't really need to at this point. Um, uh, I thought he played played well again. Uh, he was making good throws. He wasn't forced to anything, like I said, and sometimes that's all you need. Um, I thought, like I said earlier with the um, performance from the receivers. I thought it was a good all-around all game from the pass attack, and um, they did what they needed to do. Um, as for the running game, it was 53 carries for 308 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, like I said, Bucko and Kai continue to shine. Um, but uh, Cole Kramer adds, I keep saying add, adds another wrinkle, but he does add another wrinkle to this uh, offense. It makes it that one level harder to stop. He had five carries for 23 yards today, or on Saturday. For the season, he has 26 carries for 127 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 4.9 yards a carry. 
and I think he's getting mixed in. Uh, a lot of those came on, obviously, the last drive of the game uh, this week. He wasn't involved as much as he has been. Um, but uh, it, the they're not forcing him into the game. They're not like, we need to get three carries to Cole, Cole Kramer. We need to get this many carries to Cole Kramer. They're uh, putting him in, in spots that make sense. And I think... Uh, Mike Sanford deserves credit for that, for that offensive game plan. He's obviously gotten hate all year, and really since he's taken over the offensive coordinator job. Um, but I've been impressed with how and where they have uh, brought in Kramer to this offense, and I think it makes it that one level harder to stop. And then obviously the uh, big story out of the running back room in this game was Bryce Williams going down with an injury. Um, the insane injury luck at the running back position continues. Um uh, there's no real update on his timetable to return um, or what the injury was. I assume that PJ will talk about it at his press conference um, later today. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter for updates on that. Um, but it looked to be a lower leg thing. Um, never want to speculate, but it could have been a, an ankle injury. Um, but yeah, in the so the... Uh, Hit, losing him would obviously hurt the Gophers' depth at a position that already has just no depth at all this year um, after Potts and Ibrahim went went down. So I think Bucko and Kai have shown that they are the one and two in this backfield, but uh, having a third guy behind him could have helped the rest of the year. So hopefully his injury is not too serious, and I, I, I kind of would be shocked if it was. Um, but... Uh, Derek LeCaptain, when Williams went down, I, the Gophers might have found their new third running back. Um, originally a linebacker converted to RB. Um, uh, he was a walk-on player who uh, later earned a scholarship. Uh, super cool video on Twitter if you want to find that video. Um, but the Gophers are technically down to two scholarship running backs right now. Um, and LeCaptain would be their third uh, after the, uh, or before the Maryland game, it was reported that he switched positions um, to running back, but he didn't get an official carry in that game. Uh, he's played on special teams sporadically all season, um, but this week he, er, against Northwestern, he had three carries for 31 yards. Beautiful 24-yard touchdown where he broke five or six tackles. Um even though he w was a linebacker uh, on this team in college, uh, in high school he ran for 5,199 yards and had 100 career touchdowns, which the yardage mark was a Wisconsin State record. Um, so he knows the running back position. There's no no official word if this is a long-term thing that he's going to stay at running back. I would assume that PJ will also talk about that at his at his press conference later today. So you can follow me on Twitter for updates on that as well. Um, but I, I don't really see why he wouldn't switch to uh, running back. The, it's a position of need, and he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, so I, I would not be shocked if he has... Uh, I don't know how much of a role he's going to have on this team going forward at running back, but uh, depending on how uh, serious Bryce Williams' injury was, or slash is... Um, I think the captain will have every chance to at least have a spot on the depth chart. And 
It's just, yeah, the offensive line and tight ends just continue to dominate in the run game. And it it, it makes it easy for guys like Derek LeCaptain and Cole Kramer to come in cold off the bench and uh, run for 30 yards with ease. So it, it's just this run game is just dominant. And it, it's just so fun to watch when they're firing on all cylinders. Um, as for the defense, uh, I definitely spoke earlier on how the defensive line continues to dominate. Without Trill Carter, they still look great, still look like the, their old self. Um, the linebackers continue to be very consistent. Um, today was kind of Moriano Sorimarin's game. Uh, he had 11 tackles, which was a season high. Uh, he forced the uh, fumble that Wally returned for a touchdown. Um, Jack Gibbons only had three, which was his lowest total since the Ohio State game. But the duo as a whole is just playing at a very high level right now, and they are so fun to watch along with the defense line, making just a dominant front seven. Um, as for the secondary, like I said, it was probably their best game of the year, even though it was probably against their, the, definitely against the worst passing team they faced all year. Um, there was no uh, passing play over 20 yards, uh, which is great to see for a team that struggled with that even against the MAC opponents they played. Um, there's only one run over 20 yards, so they've really limited those explosive plays, something I've been talking about all year. Um, like I said, I think uh, with Coney Durer and Justin Wally, uh, uh, if Wally just keeps getting better, it's just going to help this defense take that next step. And uh, it's just consistency from the back end at the safety possession from Jordan Howden and Tyler Newman, which helps this uh Especially this week, this team limit big plays when they're uh, in the right spots, getting tackles on the back end. And then I want to shout out uh, Matthew Trickett and the special teams. He made um, both his field goals against Northwestern. Um, he was also 5 for 5 on extra points, and it was his fourth game all season where he was perfect on his uh, PATs and field goals. Um, yeah, you, you just really have to trust him. I've always uh, had this opinion with kickers. Um, when they're looking behind their shoulder, that's when they start to struggle. Uh, the I, the reason why the Vikings, for example, have just went through kickers year after year after year is because they're all scared right after they miss a kick. Because they're like, oh, the last guy left two games into his NFL career because he was missing kicks. And in college, it's different, obviously, because you can't sign a free agent. Um, but... If Trickett's not looking behind his shoulder for the, the backup kicker to take his spot, he's not looking that um, a transfer's coming in next year, even though he's a uh, upperclassman. But it, if you just trust him, uh, there's a reason why he's a Division One kicker. So you, you just got to believe in your guy. And like they did this week, he performs well. Uh, everyone's bound to miss kicks every once in a while. But... Um, as for now, looking ahead, uh, the Gophers received 51 votes in the AP poll uh, this week, which ranks them 31st um, in the country. That's the 31st most votes that any team had. Um, notably, they're behind Wisconsin, who had 91 votes. Uh, I don't know how you can watch college football this year and think that Wisconsin's a better team than the Gophers right now. Minnesota did lose to Bowling Green, but you have to take a week by week. And the Gophers right now are a much better team than Wisconsin in my eyes. I think everyone watched uh, that uh, Iowa-Wisconsin game, and 
uh, those two teams might have the worst offenses I've ever seen. That game was one of the grossest football games I've ever seen. Um, but um, if there's a team and a coach that doesn't care about being ranked, it's P.J. Fleck in this team. I think they've built a culture to know um, in their mind they're playing like a ranked football team, and I, I don't think it really should matter if they're ranked or not. Uh, the schedule and the record books show that this team can still win the Big Ten West, and I think that's really all they care about at this point. So um, I, I don't think it really should matter if they're ranked or not. And I, it, every week I continue to just be more and more impressed for how quickly and substantially they've forgotten the Bowling Green loss. Um, as for you fans on Twitter in my mentions saying, uh, oh, this team lost to Bowling Green, this team lost to Bowling Green. Yes, they did lose to Bowling Green. Move on. Uh, the Gophers clearly have. Um, and I uh, would hope that you do the same, you listening to this, who, who thinks that, oh, this team lost to Bowling Green. They can't be good. No, they're they're a good football team. They, they moved on, and you can too. Um I personally think the Gophers right now are playing as a top 20 team in the country. Uh, in my latest rankings, I ranked them 19th, and I, they're playing that well right now. All phases of the ball, they're just playing great football. Um, and like, like I said, uh, the obviously the Gophers have Illinois uh, at home, two, Wisconsin, or two Iowa, two, two Indiana, and then Wisconsin at home, and... I think everyone uh, after the Bowling Green loss talked about how this team can still run the table uh, until they play Iowa, and now they're only one one win away. And I think everyone saw how bad that Iowa Wisconsin game looked. So it just—I don't want to say it's Big Ten championship or bust because this team clearly has built a culture and has a great season this year. No matter uh, if they lose uh, to Iowa and Wisconsin. Knock on wood, but uh, it, it there's no reason why uh, you, we shouldn't expect the Gophers to win those games. Iowa and Wisconsin m- might have the two worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, Graham Mertz played well in that game, but Spencer Petrus is just such a uh, not good quarterback, to put it nicely. Um, but it's uh, Illinois this week, and the Gophers uh, shouldn't overlook them. But, man, this team's just very fun to watch. It's just a great uh, breath, of, breath of fresh air to watch a team playing football at such a high level and uh, so well as a team. They just, all phases of the ball, uh, no one's selfish on this team. They're, they're just bought into the row-the-boat culture, and I think it's really starting to show um, I'll, I'll have a preview podcast later in the week for that Illinois game at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Um, my, the podcast will probably come out on Wednesday, but yeah, um, thanks for listening again. I think that's all I got for you today. Um, row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.